0: I thought for basketball doesn't mean I should raise your kid. Hello, and welcome to Dear Adam Silver, a show about sports, art, and the creative space they share. My name is Abigail Smithson, and as always, I am your host. And today is actually uh, going to be just an episode of me talking. Hope that's fine with everyone. Um, I felt the need to really sort of gather my thoughts after these past couple weeks um, with the situation between the NBA and China, especially since my podcast is called Dear Adam Silver, named for the commissioner um, of the NBA or named for my my art project that that seeks to engage him um, through art in some way um i just thought it'd be important to kind of speak about some of the things i've been thinking about since all the stuff has unfolded uh between um china and the NBA, daryl Morey, lebron james adam silver um sort of how that's how that's evolved it also. I just want to start out by saying it seems like an overwhelmingly complex situation to me. I mean, there's some things that seem clear, um, but there's some things that seem sort of over my head as far as knowledge goes of the situation between Hong Kong and China. And um, I I just want to make sure that I'm not you know making too many statements about things or, or forming too many opinions that that might not be the most uh, informed. So um but I have that being said I've read a lot of articles about the situation. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about the situation between the NBA and China um, and I've tried to you know just see what everyone else is saying as this whole drama was still unfolding and it still is I mean this is a, a current event as I'm as I'm recording this podcast. Uh, so I just want to start out a little bit um, and kind of just, Go over my relationship with Adam Silver or lack of relationship with Adam Silver. Basically, I first started contacting Adam Silver in fall of twenty seventeen, almost actually two years ago from today, because he had sent out a league wide memo reminding players and team or team personnel that they have to stand for the national anthem. So this was right after the NFL season where Colin Kaepernick had started um, to kneel. And, uh, and other players had joined him and Adam Silver sent out a memo, um, to everyone in the NBA reminding them that they have to stand there. There's an actual rule in the NBA that requires you to stand for the national anthem, which there is not in, in the NFL, which is why that situation was, um, the NFL was caught off guard and was not, did not have anything set in place for how to handle it. Whereas the NBA has this rule and has had this rule. But I was really bothered by him reminding the players about this because it was like, gosh, can we just, is this what we're concerned about is, is who's kneeling, who's taking a knee? I mean, I think that it's important to, for a protest to cause some sort of disruption, but at the same time, it's like, this is not an act of violence. Um, this is a respectful way to show, uh, show concern. I mean, basically show concern for, for, um, a group of people. And that, that's how Colin Kaepernick was, was using it. And I was annoyed that Adam Silver was kind of trying to, to, you know, sort of keep the players from expressing themselves in that way, especially because it's, it's nonviolent. And, um, I, I think it's an effective way to, or has been an effective way to to protest. And, uh, so anyways, he sent out the memo reminding them. So then I decided to write a letter to Adam silver, telling him how I felt about this, telling him that I think basketball, professional basketball should evolve past where other sports leagues are and, and should sort of, um, not have any rules in place saying what a player can or cannot peacefully do with their body, um, as they are adults. (laughs) Um, So that was that. And then I ended up writing him some letters about other things. And that turned into a body of work uh, that in its final form, they were cyanotypes, uh, photographs made using sunlight. So basically I would write out these letters and then I would print them out on transparencies and then put them on paper that has been coated with chemistry that's sensitive to UV rays and take that outside and then the, the sun hits the transparency and that casts a shadow on the paper and it ends up that these prints are a very deep blue. So that's, this is my preferred f- uh, form of photography right now. So that's what I was I was using then as well. And I made these prints and then had them uh, in, a, in a show um, called Dear Adam Silver. And then I decided to start this podcast, and I still have the letters, and it just became about the work, and someone became, not that Adam Silver was my audience, but that, yeah, I wanted to engage him um, as a very high-ranking member in professional basketball, at the top of the professional basketball world, really, and me as an outsider, someone who... I don't necessarily long to be a part of the professional basketball world, but I would love to find a place. I guess I do actually, I do long to be a part of the basketball world, but as I am right now as an artist, not as finding another way for me to fit into it. So I think that this podcast and this work was, was I was often thinking about um, what's my place in in the world of basketball and how can I contribute when I'm not a broadcaster, I'm not a sideline reporter, I'm not a coach. I'm not a player, I'm not a commissioner, what, what else can I do? How can I enrich the world of basketball? So that's where this podcast came from, and so that's where Adam Silver kind of fits into it. Um, so yeah, it just feels important to start with that before getting in. So also for anyone who's not aware of what's going on between the NBA and China, basically Daryl Morey, who is the uh, GM of the Houston Rockets um, sent out a tweet. I think this was, it must have been like uh, two, two, just over two weeks ago, um, saying the tweet said, stand with Hong Kong, something about supporting the, the pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong, the ongoing protests that have been happening there um, all summer and into the fall. Um, he sent that out. This was right before the NBA's preseason China exhibition games were set to happen. And the Chinese government was not happy with this tweet. Daryl Morey took it down very quickly, obviously because uh, the Chinese government, as I understand it, views the pro-democracy uh, supporters in Hong Kong as separatists rather than, you know, standing up for their their democratic rights. So they pulled the plug on some contracts, some TV contracts with the Houston Rockets, which is a big deal because the China is just a huge source of um, money for the NBA. I mean, there's like a lot of contracts there, both with through the NBA and that that individual players have. So there's a lot of money being made uh, through the NBA's relationship with China and they kind of uh, shut it down with the with the Rockets. To a certain extent, uh, the, the t- main TV station, I don't believe, is going to be carrying Rockets games this season um, so far. And then some sponsors pulled out, and I think there was some removal of Rockets merchandise and all the stuff. So, yes, it's been an issue. And then the NBA's first response um, to this was saying that the... It was the situation was regrettable, which faced a lot of backlash because I mean basically the situation of having offended Chinese fans was regrettable. So it seems that was interpreted as Daryl Morey's decision to support these pro democracy um, protesters was uh, regrettable, which did not sit well with it seemed everyone from Ted Cruz to Elizabeth Warren, uh, which. Great to see people find common ground. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, for me, it's um, it's tricky when I know there seems to be a system of voter suppression. Uh, it doesn't seem to be. There is voter suppression um, in the United States, and that is a democratic right. And so for someone like Ted Cruz, who seems to sometimes downplay, uh, the, the issues of voter suppression for him to then, you know, call out Adam Silver and the whole NBA, um, for not taking a stronger stand, um, on this issue is a little, uh, is a little tricky for me. I mean, I also think that it's, uh, because the NBA is known as being sort of a quote-unquote woke league or the most progressive major sports league in the country, there's a dynamic that it's, it's fun to see them mess up. It's fun to see, like, it's not actually fun, um, but it's sometimes the, the, the people who are sick of hearing how great the NBA is and, like, all the good that they're doing or, or how much, you know, um, further along the NBA is, I think uh, it, it was easy to sort of come down on them uh, for this, for not sort of supporting Daryl Morey as, uh, and his tweet and just saying, um, yeah, it, it's wrong of, wrong of China to pull these contracts or wrong for us to be punished financially for this or, you know, we support free speech everywhere and, and to sort of even insert that this is regrettable was problematic for some people. Um, and that's just my take on it politically. It's like, it's a good, uh, from, I would say the right side of things, it seems like it's a good move to kind of pick on the NBA. So there's that. I'm just looking at my list because I wrote a list of all the, this situation is so layered. Um, so also LeBron James ended up weighing in because he was actually playing in the games in China after the statement was made by Daryl Morey and Daryl Morey was not in China when he sent out the tweet. LeBron James was there and after the week there where several events were canceled and and the players were kind of unsure of, of you know, their scheduling there and things like that, LeBron James spoke out and just said that Daryl Morey should have... Uh, the way that he made it sound was that Daryl Morey should have been more educated on how the situation... It sounded like he said that Daryl Morey doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to Hong Kong and China, but it seems like what he meant to say was that Daryl Morey should have thought more about how this tweet would affect other people. I think that both the NBA's initial statement and uh, LeBron's initial statement could have been maybe thought through a little bit more before before speaking out because it seems like the wording of both of these statements with the NBA saying that this was regrettable and LeBron James using the word uneducated seems like both of those things really caused a serious amount of backlash. And I don't know really what it's like for people to want my opinions on such large uh, geopolitical issues, so I can't say that necessarily I would have done much better, but it seems like it's important to... And, you know, of course, there's so many issues with the NBA, I mean, now there's like a spotlight on the NBA even having this ongoing relationship with China, even though every, it seems like every major company has some kind of relationship with, with China, and, uh, but because of China's uh, human rights violations um, and, and things like that, it seems like, yeah, the NBA is like, you know, making all this money from China, but also we're, it's like, there's this deal being made with a country that doesn't have the same values or or ideology as our country. Um, which of course, I mean, that's true of like any company where anything is being made in China. I mean, when I first was reading about this situation, um, when I first was on Twitter and saw that what Daryl Morey had tweeted out, I was sitting under a blanket and I looked down just past the phone and there's a label that says made in China. So it's like, Everything is, of course, made in China. So this is not particular to the NBA, but the NBA is, the, the NBA is being kind of held up in a, as an example as um, how can you do business with these people and like not speak out against their... I mean, the only reason we can do business with them is because the NBA is not speaking out. And even Daryl Morey was not necessarily speaking out against China. He was showing support for people in Hong Kong, and that's... A situation of how you sort of frame your commentary are you directing are you critiquing something are you saying something's bad or are you lifting up the story that you think the people and the people that you think are good and he chose to lift up the people that he thinks are good which I think is um an effective way to go about offering your opinion and uh it's still it's still um got him in a lot of trouble I I think that probably Daryl Mori knew that he shouldn't say something directly about China because of the NBA's relationship to China. And I don't know if he... I mean, that just seems like that would be more common sense rather than expressing, expressing support for, for people in Hong Kong. I think there's also this sort of dynamic of exporting sports. So the NBA is like an international league. A lot of the players come from different countries not just the united states whereas that's not true that's not necessarily as true for for other major sports leagues so it's exciting that the nba has kind of expanded its reach and exists in all these places and has fan bases all over the world and i also just can't help but think about it as like having to do a a sort of a, a a colonial mindset in some way that there's not sort of an equal exchange between some of the places the United States is going and those places. It's, um, sorry, some of the places that the NBA is going and then those places coming back to the United States. I love the idea of basketball being played all over the world. I also just think it's, it's, uh, this sort of not imposing, but, but global brands, it it gets tricky with, um, how those ideas are being shared and, and, and who's being involved in them. And, and especially when, you know, the, I, the countries are not as necessarily as like developed as the United States and just bringing in this sort of like, um, financial force, um, it's just an interesting dynamic. And I just want to recognize that while I think it's amazing that, you know, there's people all over the world that watch the NBA and support the NBA. I also think it's a tricky, it's a tricky dynamic that has to be handled, um, carefully in the sense of how we're going about, um, sort of selling and promoting basketball and what it means there because basketball and sports were also used, um, as like tools of, of missionaries, um, way back in the day. I mean, James Naismith was, uh, you know, created, uh, basketball at a YMCA, uh, so it's um, yeah, it's just a tricky situation and something that I'd like to to think more about how how basketball is shared and um, exported, definitely. And another thing I want to mention is that in Adam Sil- Silver's tenure as commissioner, he one of the first things that he had to deal with was this issue of the Clippers owner, the Los Angeles Clippers owner, Donald Sterling, was recorded saying some awful racist things he was uh with he was recorded without his knowledge and that recording was shared with the with the world and i think uh adam silver took care of that situation and uh, and actually if anyone's interested in this there's this amazing 30 for 30 podcast with ramona shelburne all about um the donald sterling situation because it was it was um a really awful situation and anyways Adam Silver kind of stepped up. This was at the beginning of his tenure, and he um, got uh, Donald Sterling to be pushed out as an owner. So he forced Donald Sterling um, to sell the team to someone else. And so then, since then, it's kind of there's been this understanding that Adam Silver will will step up and do the right thing uh, more when there's like morals. On the line, of course, this was another issue of, I mean, what Donald Sterling did was awful, and he should not be in any position of power in the NBA. And this was another issue of it being some something someone said, some the words of someone were so awful that they could no longer be seen the, as as someone that needed to have any that could, should have any power um, in the and in the, in the NBA, and then now. Adam Silver is sort of dealing with this issue where someone's words again have caused a huge controversy. Of course, those words are not, oh my God, I can't even compare them. The words are not anywhere near as offensive. Um, I'm sure that it's just a dicey situation because I'm sure that people in China weren't as concerned with what was happening with Donald Sterling, even though people in, in the United States were like, oh, what Donald Sterling did was so awful. And we're not as concerned with what is, um, is being said about China, but it's just really interesting to me that both, both sort of issues have, have been because of, um, both of these, like what will be, I mean, I'm sure this, this controversy with China, um, will be seen this way, but that there are issues to do with, with who gets to say what and what we consider acceptable. And, and, Adam Silver, you know, was very quick after this, the initial NBA response to Daryl Morey's tweet. They said, he said, you know, we support free speech, you know, and I think that's really an important distinction to make. It's also really hard to, I mean, some things that we say are going to have repercussions. Thank God that Donald Sterling is no longer an owner in the NBA. Like there should be repercussions for, for things that people say. Does that mean that I think that, um, that I agree with how the Chinese government is handling the situation and the repercussions that the Houston Rockets have felt. No, and I think that we're also seeing kind of um, sort of the the part of the NBA that we don't usually see, which is just so much about um, guarding the financial investments uh, as every business is and just making sure that, that um, the money is is safe and everyone's still making their money. And I think that we're seeing some hesitation from the NBA to speak out directly against China in any way because of the money and, and same with players. And I think that also, like, we can't expect that, that every player is going to have an opinion about what's going on between Hong Kong and China or what's happening in Hong Kong. Like, I think that it's okay for not everyone to speak out on every issue, um, And I think that there's also very, there's very little room for mistakes. There's almost no room for mistakes in this current, um, climate. So you, you kind of need to say the right thing the first time, or it's really easy to get kind of, uh, everyone's just going to sort of chew you up and spit you out. And I mean, even, I don't even have that many people that I'm speaking to, and I'm still really concerned with, with saying the wrong thing and, 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 oh, you know, being, being viewed in a certain way. But of course, I think Daryl Morey should be able to tweet whatever he wants. And I also think that if he tweets something that's really, really offensive, and he's the general manager of a team in the United States, and he tweets something that's awful and offensive to people in the United States, that there should be repercussions. Um, And maybe that's the perspective of, of people in China. I don't know. And I also think it's just difficult because the people of China, that's like, I even referring to them in that way. That's too many, too many different people with too many different opinions and thoughts and and uh, points of views to actually say that the people of China do any one thing or say any one thing. Um, it just seems like the government has this uh, power to impose the severe backlash on uh, whoever whoever they might want. Uh, so this that's the that's the issue. Um, I am interested, if Daryl Morey has anything to say, he hasn't said anything since the tweet publicly, as far as I know, I would be really interested to hear him talk about his experience. Of course, LeBron was there and it was an upsetting experience for the basketball players that were there, um, which I, you know, even if people are being paid millions of dollars and all of that, I can still understand how that situation, um, could be upsetting, um, when you're in a foreign country and it seems like there's this aggression and anger that is occurring. Um, and yeah, Adam Silver, like, I think it's just seems like a really tricky situation. I am really glad that he's clarified that they support free speech. I hope that that is continues. I, I hope people who say things that are, and that are in positions of power and say things that are awful and offensive, are, there are repercussions for that, and I also hope that that players and team personnel and administrative people uh, speak up on the issues that they feel strongly about, and I think that it makes for a richer NBA when, when people share their opinions about things outside of basketball. It makes basketball mean, mean more to me, definitely, um, and it makes the people mean more to me. So... Yes, those are just my thoughts. Um, I still would love to sit down with Adam Silver sometime and and talk about all of this with him. And um, I actually ended up sending all of those those letters to him that I wrote. I had them for about two years, and then I ended up sending them to him this past summer um, in July. And I got a letter back from a fan relations person named bill he wrote back to me and just um sort of let me know that adam silver really cares about the social social issues and um wants to work with players to to help in any way he can in various communities in any way the nba can and i totally appreciate that and i know that adam silver does care. I mean, I I think if I thought Adam Silver was a jerk, I wouldn't I wouldn't actually name a podcast after 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 him. I think that a part of this is a part of this podcast is reaching out to him because I think there's a chance that maybe he would talk to me, which is which is a nice thing. Um, so yeah, I so I got this letter and it just said you know Adam Silver does this this and this with the players and the rule about standing for the. National Anthem in the NBA has been around for 30, over 30 years. Um, so, and that's the problem that, that's the, that's the part of it that I kind of had a problem with because, you know, if we, if our excuse for keeping rules in place was that they've been around for a long time, it's like we would have some awful, awful laws and rules still in place. I mean, that's not a reason, just because something has been in place for a long time, an idea, doesn't mean that that should stay. So I still stand by my original statement of hoping that that players can can do what they want with um, with their bodies peacefully during the national anthem. Truly, I hope that happens. Um, and we're actually, I was actually just reading a story that LeBron was, and on opening night he was kind of at, towards the end of the national anthem he was like waving his arms and kind of like getting the crowd pumped up and. Um, that there's being a lot, a lot of critique being thrown at him for doing that. And it's like, Oh, but people scream at the end or towards the end of the national anthem. Like everyone is so that's part of like being at a sporting event is getting excited at like the end of the national anthem, or it seems like that happens a lot. So yeah, just complicated, uh, complex issue that, um, as it unfolds, it will, it will still, it will continue to be a topic on this podcast. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. I hope, uh, yeah, just if anyone wants to reach out to me or has any thoughts about the issue that they'd like to share, I'd love to hear some other people's perspectives. All right. Take care. Hope to see you back.